0: Welcome to 5 Phases Health. Your hosts are Peyton Young and Christina Berea. Over the next hour, you'll hear from experts in the field on how you can achieve sustainable good health.
1: Welcome to 5 Phases Health Radio. You're getting a journey towards personal transformation and sustainable good health. We simplify health, wellness, nutritional information, eliminating the guesswork, and helping you to achieve radiant health. I'm your co-host, Peyton Young, and I'm joined by the beautiful...
2: Christina Berea, the other half. Right,
1: the other half, the other co-host.
2: Yes. Great to be back. Great to say hello to everybody again. Thanks for joining in uh, for our second show ever, and uh, we're delighted to be speaking with you today about um uh, if you're aware it is actually the winter solstice in the northern hemisphere so we are excited to bring that topic to you today and uh kick off with some some interesting facts and and tidbits of information about the winter solstice
1: and i just want to say that it's very exciting for us to be back this is our second show um we had a really great time on the first show our our um debut show and so we hope that you enjoyed that show um so i guess we can let's just go ahead and jump right in uh, winter solstice what does it mean to you christina
2: it means a lot and uh in the program of five phases it would relate to the water element uh we're we're five phases remember we're, we're going to be describing that over the course of this uh, podcast and how it relates to each individual. And so right now we're in the season of winter, the colder part of the year if you're in the northern hemisphere. And on today, which is the shortest day, longest night, that's called the winter solstice, right? So we, if we've been paying attention to <laughs> night and day outside, we know that you know, it gets dark early and we don't have... A lot of time out in the sun, and weather is colder. All of these things are are indicators of being in the winter season. Uh, trees are losing their leaves, or have lost all their leaves already. And uh, if you're in the colder parts of of the world, then uh, nature is pretty much uh, in hibernation mode at this point. And in some places, it's snowing and it's cold, and completely in in conservation mode. If you're closer to the equator, then it's not so noticeable, but there are some certain a significant impact of the winter solstice as the planet rotates around the sun and we uh, change our angle of uh, direction and we have this, uh, like I said, the uh, longer nights and shorter days. That's what the winter solstice is on a scientific point of view. Um, And then um, we were talking about it this week in terms of how it affects our health, how it affects our mood and uh, actually how it affects our overall energy, right? Our constitution, all of these things put together would be our energetic imprint. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that as well. Uh, keeping it too far out of the um, of the alchemical and mystical range, but we can certainly have a fun time talking about some of those things. We'll, we'll loop those in. But this week, uh, this, this episode is certainly more about the practical side of it, right? So Five Phases is a practical step-by-step program that will walk you through um, each area Area of your life to give you practical daily habits and things that you can change short-term, which over time build into long-term, sustainable, good health. So the first one is, let's talk about this very important date. Peyton's question to me is, what does it mean to me? Um, I observe a lot of celestial events throughout the year, which mark the passing of time. This one is like my personal new year. I really love the Winter Solstice. That's it's my favorite uh, day, <laughs> my favorite uh, um, time stamp in the year because of the idea of reset. This day for me, really everything about letting go of things that are no longer needed, letting go of all of the energies from past year, and planting the seed for all of the things that are going to manifest in the new year. So. Winter solstice for me is all about setting intentions, all about going internally and being with my uh, with myself, really listening to my inner voice and understanding what do I need at this point, so that I can be prepared for the all of the next year, all 365 days that lead into the next winter solstice. Um, so it's a it's a very special day for me. I usually uh, take time that day to not do much of anything else, but really do a lot of introspection, and a lot of goal setting, a lot of um, intention setting as well, and taking care of myself energetically and with my foods and so on to make sure that I have everything that I need to um, germinate that seed that's going to start to 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 flourish throughout the spring. What about you, Peyton? What, what do you do on the winter solstice? What does it mean for you?
1: Well, to be honest, it really didn't mean a lot to me until I met you, and, and basically, <laughs> you shared your experiences and and what it means to you. For me, it's kind of the, uh, it's a part of the Christmas, December 25th celebration. So it's, um, it's just that kind of that lead up, you know, into that, the whole celebratory process. Um, I guess I never, this is kind of odd, probably for the majority of my life, never really thought too much, about the longest night or the longest day, really. Um, I focus more on it's winter time, it's cold, or it's summertime when it's hot. And I really like spring and I really love the fall. So somewhere in there, uh, probably just kind of didn't dawn on me. But then when I started to really look at what the the winter solstice kind of means, it's kind of like that, it's, It can be said that it's the it's the birth of maybe the new sun, the new time of the sun. Since it's the longest night, after I think it's at ten twenty seven p.m. This is the moment when the days will now get longer a little bit by a little bit as we then roll back into spring. So, which is really cool. So I could see um, that there's some specific festivals and celebrations that go on in many different cultures. One of the ones that besides Christmas itself, I love a Christmas tree, Um, but then there's also uh, Yule, Yule Time, which is a Germanic festival that also looks at some of these things like the uh, traditional burning of the Yule log and uh, Yule caroling and things like that, that probably from my experience, actually rolled into our, our at least uh, in this day and age, the the caroling that goes on. It's kind of a blending and some, some mixing of things. If you really want to look at it, you could probably then celebrate uh Christmas the 25th all the way from like the 18th. So you could have a whole week long full of celebrations. You could get the, <laughs> the winter solstice in there. Or you could get uh, Christmas Day in there. Those kind of things. So... Um, and there's a lot to there's actually really a lot to celebrate because traditionally in history, the uh, the longest night kind of is in the winter time. So this is the time when you know food was you, you hope that you plant it and you, you you have enough food to last through those those winter days into the, the springtime. You know where you could plant again and then have you know and cultivate food. That kind of thing. Um, so when you kind of look at it from from that point of view, these festivals, celebrations, and festivities were, hey, we're we we've, we've gone the longest uh, cycle, uh, the nighttime cycle, and now we're getting headed back into that direction where we'll be able to uh, grow and and, and uh, expand and uh, be able to live and live and function basically. Um, yeah, so sure.
2: So I was yeah. uh, go ahead. It, as I was thinking, uh, well, I, I, you have a a video of a of a log fire on the TV. So we're we live oh, in yeah. we live in we live in Florida. So not really much of a need to have a, a wood fire burning to to generate warmth. Where we're blessed, we have a fairly uh, stable weather. Right, so. As as the we're getting the festivities ready here in our own home, putting up the tree and putting lights outside, I tend to enjoy the warmer tone on Christmas lights in front of the house, and I think about you know how it must have been centuries ago when people didn't have electricity and didn't have some of the comforts that we have today, and how these traditions that we keep in 2023 were birthed out of necessity. Centuries ago, from peoples in different parts of the world, right? So, the, the, the log fire, of course, is generating heat. It's also lighting up our houses, whatever house type that we might have, and depending on where we are in, in location in the world. And then um, Peyton and I were, were talking about the different festivals around the world and traditions that people do. And these would be reflections of, I think, sharing of whatever abundance they had available for. For at that time of year. So whether the harvest was was robust enough in the in the fall that would carry over and have enough food to share with others during the colder months for some folks who maybe didn't have the blessing of a of a robust crop to be able to store. So then there's the the community building yeah. experience of sharing the wealth and sharing the warmth and sharing the light and coming together to celebrate. On the solstice, the fact that we've reached this milestone and it is a, a very pervasive around the world and different cultures and different traditions. Everybody was marking the passing of time because these things are consistent, right? This is not a belief thing. It's an actual it's a celestial event. It's an event. It's just, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, it's,
2: it's <laughs> <laughs> like the sunrise, the sun goes up and the sun goes down, sort of, but the planet turns. And so we appear to see the sun go up and yep. the sun go down. That's consistent. It's not a matter of belief. It's a matter of, uh, mm-hmm. of a celestial event. And so the solstice is one of those. What we do around those events to celebrate it and to mark that passing of time is... Uh, is, is unique to each location or to a belief structure and so on. So all of these things come together and if you if you start to take into account people moving around the world and migrating and sharing ideas with uh, travelers and uh, people who were sharing merchants who were traveling around the world and collecting things, bringing them back and also carrying what they had with them and leaving them there, then you come up with 2023, we have icicle lights on our house in, in South Florida and there's not an icicle here. In uh, warm, glowing yeah. lights in the front of the house, so people could know where you live. Right, I live at the house that has these lights, and uh, we have the tree that we brought inside, so that we can put all of the beautiful ornaments on. And in some traditions, there were candles on those trees, and so on. So these are all of the great ways that that are that mark the passing of time and the celebration, the joy of being alive, the joy of coming together in community to share collectively this particular event that that impacts us all so when we come back on our from our break we're actually going to talk a little bit more about how this celestial event impacts us on our health our mood and our own personal transformation so stay tuned Uh, we're going to take a quick break and uh, come right on back to five phases health
3: voice america is on linkedin connect with us today
0: Five Phases Health is designed for anyone seeking optimal well-being. We simplify health, wellness, and nutrition information into simple steps to help you achieve radiant health. Our teachings merge ancient wisdom with modern science to reach the root of the problem and prevent common diseases. Each week, we explore topics around food, exercises, breathing, and mental inspiration. We believe that small changes on a daily basis lead to long-term, sustainable good health. Join us as we journey through medicine systems from around the world, including... Traditional Chinese medicine, allopathic medicine, herbal medicine, and various mind-body systems. Five Phases Health with Peyton Young and Christina Berea Airs Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. Have you become a member yet?
3: Birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN.
4: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health
0: and Wellness. Welcome back to Five Phases Health with Peyton Young and Christina Berea. Have a question for Peyton, Christina, or their guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Now, back to the show with Peyton and Christina.
1: Welcome back to the Five Faces Health Radio Show. So that was uh, pretty, kind of hit the high spots. On the uh, on the the winter solstice, um, so you want to talk a little bit more about the um, maybe some traditions around the world? Kind of add some of those in.
2: Yeah, so when we, thanks for tuning in again to 5 Faces Health, and we're discussing the winter solstice and the impact that it has uh, on our general life through traditions and so on in this segment, we'll be talking about how it affects our mood, how it affects our health, and our own personal transformation. Um, so we were talking about how the the solstice, this winter solstice is actually a Shorter day, but a longer night. So for many of us at this time of the year, we tend to feel a little more tired, a little more inclined to take naps and feel like we need to slow down. And that's an actual natural response to this, this, uh, this season, which is the winter season, uh, to uh, conserve, to bring our energy inwards, to not be as active, to bring our awareness internal more reflection and this would be i would say probably if you study a little bit of epigenetics and some of our our traditions that we carry on through our dna at a cellular level then the need to rest and to conserve energy would be due to the fact of those geographical areas where the weather is cooler and we have limited resources and we have limited warmth available to us so we have to spend more time indoors or in areas where we can generate heat through external means in order to survive the cold of the winter. So naturally, I think that we all have a predisposition to want to go uh, lower our revolution, so to speak, lower our intensity level, lower our activity level, and spend more time conserving energy. Um, A, probably on a physiological level, we're trying to conserve our heat so that we can keep it internally and not get cold. Um, This conversation, of course, is a little less relevant, closer you are to the equator, but in the colder areas, this is certainly very tangible for for most of us. That's where we are. So in the energetic medicine uh, traditions around the world, there is the idea of of using this time to go internal for self-reflection, to conserve your energy so that you can use that to manifest that which you see to uh, that which you see to want to uh, manifest over through, through the next several weeks into the all the way into the summer season. We use this time to rest, to have the body reset. Ideally, we would take advantage of that long night to give us the opportunity to sleep more, give the body a chance to recover from all of the activity. And overactivity we may have had during the summer and the activities of the fall when we're energetically letting go of things that don't want to serve us, like like leaves on a tree as it prepares to go into winter. So um, it, many folks will say that they feel that way. They feel like uh, wintertime is is hard to get through. It's it's draining in the way um, because we're we're probably fighting that natural urge to rest and we're filling up this time with Uh, Some of the things that I think are a little bit counterintuitive, all the activity of end of year. So just when the body and the universe and the cycle of time is asking us to restore and to cut back is when we're actually ramping up our activity because we're trying to get through social commitments such as Thanksgiving, holiday travel. Uh, preparations for Christmas, we're out uh, shopping, we're out getting food and preparing, um, getting the house ready, getting cleaning, et cetera, all of these things that we're busy doing, probably at the same time when our body is saying, I've had enough and I need to take a rest. And so uh, we, we feel that that push and pull in different directions that's, that seems somewhat contradictory. Um, yeah, and also from another perspective in, in energetic alchemy, we can use the winter season at, and the solstice time to do that final release of anything that we don't want to carry into the next cycle of, of time, right? So from between this solstice and the next solstice, anything we want to let go of, we would use this time to release. Our solstice today is at 10.37 p.m. Eastern time. So we have up until uh, 27. <laughs> Ten twenty seven. I don't know. 1027. 1027, 10, Ten twenty seven. Ten twenty seven. Ten twenty Ten twenty seven Eastern Time. That's when we reach the pinnacle of that orbit around the around the sun, and so we want to take advantage of that. Uh, you know that pivot to to release anything that we don't want to carry back in through the next season. We were talking about how it affects moods and health and transformation. So all of these together, if you think about it, it's just an indication that says. If you can, build in time to your annual routine, your annual seasonal um, preparations, not just all the things that you can do for others, but things that you can do for yourself to take care of yourself for the next year. I think that it's important to invest in yourself as much as you invest your time and your energy in other people and other places, other things. You have to take care of yourself. Health is the root and the foundation of everything. If we're not healthy, we can't be available for other people. If we're not feeling well, we can't be available to help other people who are not feeling well or who need our support. So health has to come first. Is Just think of any time where you have been under the weather and you think, oh my gosh, I have all of these things that I on my list that I need to do. Or my family needs me. I need to make dinner or my kids need me. I need to go do X, Y, Z if we don't have our health, we can't be there for other people. So we have to protect ourselves first. So for me, just as critical as it is to make sure I get holiday greeting cards out and just as important as it is to show my family how much I love them through gift giving and being in service in different ways, it's equally important to take care of myself by building into this season, specifically on this day, just blocking everything out and making space for transformation to happen. It's in the quiet times of our life where transformation really bubbles up. Creative energy speaks to us. In the unconscious, we get the impulses of things and we remember things that were important that we might have put on the back burner. So taking time, making one day, at least one day a year, that's just your day, is a great way to reconnect with yourself and be prepared to for everything that's coming in the next year. So I've talked a lot about what I think about the solstice and how um, I've seen that it affects people uh, seasonally and with their their moods and their their energetic levels in terms of activity and so on. What thoughts do you have on this, or any stories that you want to share about the solstice in terms of health and and moods and transformation, personal transformation?
1: I know for for me, I I, I guess from a natural point of standpoint. Since we're so tied to the earth and how it moves through the universe and these cycles, um, I tend to try to follow kind of how I feel. What I mean by that is, is that, that rest, that relaxation, that slowing down, conservation, that there's a natural tendency to want to feel as if you want to conserve your energy. And then so basically that's kind of what I try to do. And for many years when I was working in the corporate environment, I would always put in (laughs) my vacation time would always be the two weeks that 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 was the Christmas to New Year's. I would always save up. I would work hard all year, you know, and just never take a break. Just. Just, you know, really put in a ton of effort. And then I would look forward to those last two weeks at the very end of the year. And I would use those as my, I guess, my rejuvenation time, my, my rest. I might not even go anywhere. Just stay home and do the things um, that I might want to do. Sleep, um, eat well, um, do things that were enjoy. It brought me enjoyment. Um I think maybe every now and then, I, I might have taken some vacation time, but it would be either to um, more than likely it would be to go camp or do something outdoors. So I I guess I would actually remove myself even further from uh, electronics and the, the inundation of sound oh. and activity that kind of surrounds that time frame and actually... Go out into nature. I was kind of doing that naturally. Uh, so the more I learned about five vases health and uh, and these cycles that go on, it was you know kind of eye opening because I was kind of following the natural flow that was that was me at the time because I was trying to listen to what I needed. Same thing is when you start to move into the um, the spring uh, out of the this winter and you start to move toward. Um, the springtime, you have more energy, you, you're more, you're more active. So there's, there's an opposite kind of effect that's going on there. So and once you kind of see what's going on, you, you kind of recognize, oh, these are just cyclical things that I need to participate in. Um, one thing I think I uh, that was pretty beneficial that I know that you and I actually participated in was uh, over the course of, of uh, we would kind of uh, go and and uh, uh, maybe do some sort of like a retreat, that kind of thing, and, um, and, and basically remove all electronics, uh, maybe less lighting during that time frame to really absorb and, and then, you know, listen, listen to what your mind, what your heart, what things are telling you, so... Those were um, pretty fun times uh, for me. I uh, I think it's really important that people kind of understand, too, that the more we're in uh, the everyday kind of everyday grind, if that's the way you want to look at it, um, work, tele- uh, cell phones, uh, television, the Internet, those kind of things can kind of start to disconnect you from the the natural cycles that go on for yourself um and it's really super easy to kind of reconnect with that that other side of your that that is that is the natural part of these cycles and this is just leading up to this day and a little bit after this day even through the new year have tried to carve out you know 15 30 minutes a couple of hours maybe full day if you can where you you're in nature or you're out in a uh away from all these things and let yourself just kind of settle and do the rest, relax, revitalize, and rejuvenate. So that's kind of the way I was kind of uh, uh, kind of see it from my point of view. All right, so we're going to take a short break um, and we will be right back. Stay with us.
3: Resiliency Within can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
4: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: Welcome back to Five Phases Health with Peyton Young and Christina Berea. Have a question for Peyton, Christina, or their guests? Join us on the show at 866 472 5791. That's 866 472 5791. Now, back to the show with Peyton and Christina.
1: And we're, we're back.
2: back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the show. A lot of coordination well. on that one, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and um, we are, uh, if, if you're just tuning in or catching up with us, we're talking about the winter solstice today. From a five phases point of view, which means that that is the winter season, and talking about the water element. And uh, we are uh, going to talk right now about foods that are good to have during the winter season, specifically maybe on the, maybe a practice that you could do on the solstice as well, because we're talking about conserving energy and about resetting for the next year. But uh, for the next several minutes, we're going to talk about what types of foods are traditionally uh, co- recommended for uh, people who are in this season, in the winter season, and uh, trying to trying to get their, their life back in harmony and getting their energy back in track and uh, participating or getting in sync with what's happening and with the celestial events around them. So to kick it off, uh, naturally intuitive to say that some of the foods that we should be having at this time of year is because the weather is colder. We're going to want to have something that's warm. my favorites. All right. So yep. What are warm, your favorites?
1: Hot, warm, hot foods, spicy. Foods.
2: Like, like, like chili.
1: Chili, love chili. Some chili. Yep.
2: Chili. Lots of
1: lots of what's beans. To- yep. Lots of yeah. dark legumes. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for, for for the winter season and the water element, which we want to have foods to support that particular element and the particular season, then anything that goes to what we would call the kidneys, and this is uh, just the kidney organ as well as their, their physiological function, emotional, mental, and spiritual, then we would do anything that's a bean that has a dark skin on it. So the darker, the better, right? It means it has more protein in it. So anything that is a protein-packed, Source is something that would be nourishing for us to the kidneys and in this particular season. Those are things that warm up our, our metabolism, warm the body up as in terms of temperature, but are also foods that are warming in terms of their metabolism and how they affect our overall constitution. Chili is a great one. Any kind of meat, any kind of red meat, The, the, the let's see, I think lamb is the, is the warmest of the meats. So lamb stew at this time of year is really great to help replenish. But uh, beef would be a runner-up, and so chili, typically made with and at least in our household, chili is made with with beef. So beef and red beans, yep, and some spices.
1: A shepherd's pie then, would also be temper- really good. You mentioned you mentioned lamb. Oh, that'd so, be amazing. Uh, yep, yep a nice, mm-hmm. nice shepherd's pie as well would be uh, very hearty.
2: Yeah, warming. also because it has root uh earth vegetables in it. So things that come deep from the earth. So those would be also replenishing. Um so let's see, something that's watery, something that's warm, soups, stews, anything that's thick, right? Things that kind of stick in the belly that warm the belly up, broth, bone broth, of course. Those are bone broth is really uber recommended, it's hyper recommended, and it's grown in popularity when we've started practicing um Traditional Chinese medicine, way back when it was not so well known, it was um, more edge information that hadn't kind of quite made it to mainstream. But it's it's really nice to see that now you can actually go to a store and uh, buy some bone broth, whether it's a, the best or not—that's another story. There's the brands and there's brands, but at least you have an option these days for people who don't want to go out and boil their own bones for for a lengthy period of time. But uh, one of my favorite recipes was exactly that lamb stew. So you take your lamb chops or your lamb bones, and you and you boil the heck out of those with some onions and some spices, uh, potatoes, and put some beans in there. And then that's that's really good. It will nourish deep into the into the marrow of the bones, which is something that's also affected by this. It's ruled by the by the water element, the bones and the marrow.
1: And I think you could um, make you can make plenty of this. You can make large portions of it at a time if you need to, and you could also freeze it, so it's something that you could uh, you could stockpile, so to speak, and be able to then when you need it, you could break it out and um, and make a nice nice soup. I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. Nice because we may be in, we may be in Florida, but I still have that it still feels wintertime. It's not. as uh, wintry as where I'm from in Georgia, but uh, it's still cool. It can be cool here.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, in in Puerto Rico, which is where I was born and raised, uh, this time of year, you don't have a lot of the the traditional Northern uh, continental American foods that we talk about on these shows and uh, in in our content typically, but we have a lot of root vegetables, so starches that we work with during the winter season. So you'll see... Foods like pasteles, which is a super common one that's made out of vianda, which is typically like a yuca, a ñame, a yaldía, or a plantain. If you don't know what they are, don't worry about it. These are all starchy root vegetables that get cooked and, and processed into making a masa, which is a, uh, like a, it's not a dough because dough is wheat-based, but uh, a filling, which then gets mixed in with some chicken or some... Pork or some beef and so on, and then it gets boiled, so that, like a tamal that you would find in Mexico, but but slightly different for for the Latinos out there. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but those are things that would would stick to the bones a lot. Good and, sweet
1: potato, uh, a good sweet potato, uh, also with a little bit of butter, maybe some cinnamon <laughs> to, to 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 bring the spice coming out <laughs> a little bit. Uh, very very fulfilling. Yes.
2: It is tasty. We have some sweet potatoes here in the house right now, and they're very good. They're very good for digestion, very good for the spleen, pancreas, and also good for dogs. What about,
1: uh, is there any particular spices or anything that are more prevalent during this time? Cayenne, maybe uh, chili pepper, um, combos, that kind of stuff?
2: Yeah, sure. So there are certainly a lot of spices that one can use, and uh, spices are not all, doesn't all mean hot, right? So we would look at is it the quality of the spice, is it a temperature hot or is it cooling? So, for example, a dill weed is not a hot spice, but it is still used as a seasoning. A um, cayenne pepper is a hot spice because it's, it's, it's hot when you consume it, it generates heat. Sugar, for example, is actually also a hot seasoning, uh, because when you metabolize it, it generates heat in the body as well as inflammation, but it does generate heat. Uh, so so common, common spices that you would use during the winter time to generate heat, of course, are any of the peppers that do have that hot quality to them. Ginger is another good example. So you'll see in typical foods in this time of year, you have those spices, ginger, because they they're known to generate heat in the body. Let's see, what else? Um, So all of the peppers, right? I'm going through the ginger. So all of mine, the honeys, the sugars, all of those are really good. So you can certainly mix and match. Nutmeg has a little bit of a a stringent quality to it. So we're looking at the energetic properties. There's some charts out there which talk about the different characteristics of the spices, but all of those added to your food would be good. The only caveat I would say on that is we're looking for folks who, are on a constitutional level, so as we're talking about tailoring the program and advice for each person, uh, folks who have high blood pressure or who have vascular constriction may or may not be able to benefit from eating spicy foods. And in the sense that, if circulation is compromised, uh, you you don't want to raise that heat level too much because it could be too stressful for the body. However, it's a really great recommendation to have gingers and some of these uh, cayenne peppers, for example, for women who are, post, are uh, going through menopause or who are postmenopausal where the body's natural metabolism, that internal fire in a belly level and down into the, the lower belly is not as strong as it used to be. So you know, the, some symptoms of that would be uh, ladies who are too cold all the time, who have a little bit of sweating.
1: And uh, you know,
2: cold sweats, I want to say, not hot sweats, cold sweats. So these spices tend to build up the internal uh, fire of the body to, to bring it up to the surface to promote microcirculation on the capillary level in the skin. So you're getting, you're getting that energetic ball of fire to uh, open up and expand so that it reaches the surface of the body. So as we begin to age... That energetic ball begins to—I don't want to say collapse. I want to just say begins to draw in on, on itself over time, and so it needs a little extra, F, a little extra F, uh, support to get it to push back out to the surface again. So that's why you see your your skin will begin to look a little bit whiter because the blood isn't coming up to the surface as much. This is all rolling in together on why it's important to do activity, to stay active, to walk, to get um, aerobic exercise into your daily routine, even if it's just a little bit, how important it is to stay moving. But we are talking about food, so let's go back to foods for a second. Um, foods that we want to stay away from, right? What, what, if these are the foods that we want, these are wet foods, they're thick stewy, they're they're meaty. And if you're a vegetarian, it's fine. Just go to your vegetable, your legumes, your beans, and so on. Then what would you want to stay away from? Well, you want to stay away from cold foods. If you're in a cold climate where it's wintry and uh, the temperature is low, then you would stay away from foods that it's described as congealing in your stomach, right? So what they do is they don't generate heat. So what they do is they draw heat into themselves, such as a salad, lettuce, uh, just a cold food. Yogurts are not really good at this time of the year. If you have a cheese, you want to have a a harder cheese, not a watery cheese. Or if you have a watery cheese, you want to put some spices in it to bring the heat back up, such as maybe you could put some honey in it, but we want to watch our sugar content. You could put uh, other types of spices in there. Um, or mix it with with other foods, so you want to stay away from ice creams, ice, and things like that. These are things that. So obviously, what we want to do is we want to uh, go into the opposite energy of the of the of the season. If we're really cold outside, then we need to support the internal fire by eating foods that promote fire, and so we want to stay away from foods that will reduce the internal fire. So ices and things like that. So. Um, there's so much to explore in this and we'll put some information on our website, which is uh, five phases, We'll upload some information on some these foods that are appropriate for this time of year and foods to stay away from. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break here. And on our way back, when we come in for the final segment of our show, hope you'll join us. And we're going to share some interesting stories about practices that Peyton and I have done during the winter solstice to help us reset. These are, uh, kind of out there. So <laughs> come back and uh, hear some, some interesting anecdotes. Thanks, thanks for tuning in and we'll, we'll see you soon.
3: Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today.
0: Five Faces Health is designed for anyone seeking optimal well-being. We simplify health, wellness, and nutrition information into simple steps to help you achieve radiant health. Our teachings merge ancient wisdom with modern science to reach the root of the problem and prevent common diseases. Each week, we explore topics around food, exercises, breathing, and mental inspiration. We believe that small changes on a daily basis lead to long-term, sustainable good health. Join us as we journey through medicine systems from around the world, including... Traditional Chinese medicine, allopathic medicine, herbal medicine, and various mind-body systems. Five Phases Health with Peyton Young and Christina Berea Airs Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now
4: to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy.
3: A little birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN.
0: Your life,
4: your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health
0: and Wellness. Welcome back to Five Phases Health with Peyton Young and Christina Berea. Have a question for Peyton, Christina, or their guests? Join us on the show at 866 472 5791. That's 866 472 5791. Now, back to the show with Peyton and Christina.
1: And we're back live, Five Phases Health Radio. Your co host Peyton Young and
2: Cena Barrea.
1: So we were talking a little bit about winter foods in the last segment. Very exciting, very brief, um, just kind of covered the highlights. And I think um, what we're going to do next is maybe some interesting stories about how we have spent uh, the winter solstice. Um, very, very exciting. I don't know who you'd like to go first on the story. Would you like to prep it? And then I'll give my experience on that particular uh,
2: adventure
1: that we embarked upon?
2: Sure, I'll, I'll put some background in there. So oh, let's see, where to start? So many, many, many moons ago, many, many suns ago, <laughs> I, uh, I was exploring, I think I mentioned in the previous show episode that I spent some time exploring the human condition, right? So exploring the many facets and things that affect us as human beings. And that includes, uh, I would say, sensory deprivation. So how do, how do I react? There, there's some thought, right? There's some thought that says we depend on our eyes to interpret the world around us. And what we see is what we believe and what we what we acknowledge. But we also have other senses. So what happens if we focus on those senses? So there's are studies uh, of folks who, who are blind who increase their hearing and they have super sensitive hearing and they become able to detect things that people who are seeing cannot detect because we haven't trained our ears to fine tune into those levels. So I said, well, wouldn't it be interesting if we did a little bit of experimentation between seeing and hearing, maybe even smelling and exploring the five senses to a point where, how far can I take it? How far can I become much more sensitive in this area? And what happens when I get there? What does, how does that change my perception of the world? How does it change my perception of myself? How does it change my perception on life in general? So I started uh, experimenting by doing sensory deprivation exercise. And the one that I think is more more pertinent for today's conversation is if the solstice represents the withdrawal of light and a magnification or a larger percentage of darkness what happens if we take the light away completely what we i spend i'm gonna speak for myself if i spend a particular amount of time just in total darkness what happens if i cut off my vision and i force myself to focus or to enhance my other senses and so i started many years ago a practice on the solstice the day before the day of and the day after being in total darkness create these chambers in different locations where it, each year it would be in a different location one year every year i have to be 3 days in the same place right because it's there's you can't go in and out you have to be for the 72 hours you have to be in complete darkness and the body changes it goes through through a process uh, what I observed in in the first time was just how tired I was right so as soon as the lights go out the body starts to go into response mode of sleep and rest and so it says oh lights are out it's time for me to rest so now I'm sleepy but after a certain period of time of sleeping you realize well I'm not I'm not sleepy anymore so now, now what am I so then the mind begins to wander and into areas of... Just, just wandering, right? The, the mind just begins to go out into the world or into the darkness and it's like, well, what's out there? What am I thinking of? What's present for me? So there's a process of undoing, a process of undoing what's on the surface and going deeper and deeper and deeper internally until you reach a quiet spot internal and discovering what's in that place. Um, so I, the times that I've practiced that have been amazing done it more than once i don't remember exactly how many times i've done it but being in total darkness is a wonderful practice to first identify like i said where you are today and what what your body needs and two where your mind wanders when it can't connect into anything that your eyes are looking at and three what sits on the very deepest part of yourself when you create the space to go and commune at that level Uh, but having such had such a great experience i shared this with uh some 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 people I was training with, including Peyton, and we did this practice. I don't remember what year it was, but we had some friends who did the practice with us, and it was a great experience. So, what were your thoughts, Peyton?
1: Oh, it was uh, it was a really awesome experience, except for the fact that our the place that we were doing this particular training in, uh, one of the outside doors was left open in the winter time while the wind was really blowing, it was 20 something degrees. So that was an interesting experience hearing the door open, close, open, <laughs> open, close as the wind would blow. Um, however, uh, I had never actually done any kind of sensory deprivation before. So uh, it was really fun to have this experience with other people that were like-minded that wanted to have this solitary um, uh, time frame, uh, uh, to to sit with yourself, basically. Um, I actually found that it was very interesting. But I slept for a very, very long period of time, much deeper sleep than I've probably up to that point I'd ever really had. Um, which I thought was was very, very interesting. That once you, we we
2: were we were not eating too, right? So that's right. Yeah, we
1: were actually fasting at the same time. So um, it the overall experience was really great. So we to kind of give you an idea, uh, listeners. We we began the the uh, retreat. I guess it was the day before um, the solstice, but at night. So everything we started out. Uh, going into this retreat into darkness um, in the dark, which was really, really awesome. Um, kind of had a, a we did kind of like a symbolic, like a, a, a ritual kind of um, uh, thing for this particular group of people who we knew really, really well. That would kind of solidify that we were all together in this experience and that it would probably be hard. And so but but even though we weren't talking, we're just sharing space. We're all in this together and we can all get, you know, make our way through it. Um, But yes, um, it was mostly a lot of sleep. And then I couldn't sleep. I was wide awake for probably 12, 14 hours, something like that, I think. And at that point, um, I'm a a problem solver by nature. So my mind tends to really uh, work, overdrive so uh, it's very very interesting that when you can't see, you don't really hear anything going on around you. You can't, you're not you're not able to write. There's no, you know, there's no light of any kind. Um, you can't you just, look at your
2: watch either you and see exactly. what time
1: it is. You don't know what time there's it is. No you're reference. just waiting. Yep, you're just waiting for somebody to come and tell you it's time to come out. You know uh, that kind of thing. You tend to just kind of let go. And you just, you you eventually, everything, you just have to let go and let yourself kind of roll with that experience. Uh, kind of get, dive down or sink down into the experience would be, I guess, a, a really great way to describe it. And um, so that, that was my experience. It was very, it was life-altering for me because I never had done anything like that before. And not even any training leading up to it, you know, not even, like going into dark for a couple of hours at a time, <laughs> or any of that kind of stuff, just kind of went for it. Um, I think all of us, except for you, had had some kind of training uh, uh, within it. So very, very uh, is great. I enjoyed it. Um, look forward to actually doing that experience again here in the future.
2: Maybe we should we should think about uh, <laughs> see if there's any interest for, for something like that. It is it is transformational. It's not a if uh, for folks who have never done any type of personal training that where you challenge yourself like either in athleticism or uh, I would say martial arts and so on. It can be scary, but it's actually it's it's actually fine. It, it's the mind makes up stories about what it could be, but in reality, it's a great experience, and everybody comes out of it on the other end very thankful for for the opportunity to learn so much about themselves. Well, this has been a great episode talking with you about the solstice, Peyton, uh, and bringing up this uh, surprise, surprise, this story about uh, this, yeah. this practice that we did way back when. Uh, yep. So we will continue our our conversation next week on on Thursday at six p.m. Eastern, three p.m. Uh, Pacific, and we will be celebrating the a couple of days before the new year. Uh, not too much as significance on that one, but the calendar year coming to an end and we will we will discuss what we will be um, manifesting forward for 2024. There year of go. the Dragon, by the way.
1: <laughs> Thanks so much for
2: tuning in today. We appreciate it and see you next week.
1: See you next week.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Five Phases Health. We hope we've given you some tips to improve your health habits. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.